Hello, hello, hello. I'm just waiting for you to bust out in song one of these days. Hello, it's me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Monsters May Vary. Or as we like to call it. (laughs) We really need our own theme music. Oh, yeah, definitely. But hey, you guess, you know, we talked about being grown up more last last episode and here we are we're we're doing two episodes in a row like on time i know freaking it's awesome look at us how we've grown over the last like (laughs) what two years we finally got our shit together a little bit maybe for now (laughs) a little bit so um this may or may not be a long episode we're not sure yet got a lot of man is real the end night guys (laughs) (laughs) have a good night and send us your stories (laughs) (sighs) but we are going to tell you about some more haunted objects that you can find in around the world like mostly museums i don't suggest you go touch them it doesn't sound like a good idea. No. <laughs> or sit in them. Yes, definitely do not sit in them. Or on them. Like, I really, really... Don't peeing on them either. No, or, you know, in the case of Robert the Doll, which we've talked about, definitely don't treat him like a doll. Ask for permission and all that jazz. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was I was reading about Robert the Doll because I forgot we had touched on that. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, if you fail to respect him, bad shit happens. But sometimes you can be saved by writing a letter, right? Right. I don't know. I didn't re- didn't get that information. Um, but I found out that uh, um, that. Every so often, uh, TAPSCON, a convention hosted by the Atlantic Paranormal Society, which is held in Clearwater, Florida, um, will actually have the doll on exhibit. Mm, that seems safe. <laughs> I, I actually trust TAPS. Um, they actually, oh, old school TAPS. I haven't seen what they do lately, but... <clears throat> So my friend Sabrina and her mother, the one I work with, um, mm-hmm. they actually went to Florida and got to see and meet Robert the doll. And Sabrina's like, I didn't know he was supposed to be scary. I'm like, what? What, what did you think he was? She said it didn't feel like anything was off, like nothing weird happened. Uh, I can't remember if she touched him or not, but. Yeah, I mean, there there's some that describe it as eccentric, but, uh, or describe the original owner, um, Robert Otto, to be an artist who was eccentric, but, uh, yeah, um, from what I was reading, it essentially became a tur- tourist attraction that kind of took on its own story in life, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the thing I was telling you about letters, I know, guys, we've already done an episode, but probably y'all don't remember a whole lot of it. 
but just because Corey didn't get too into it, I'm going to go ahead and tell him. Um, so apparently if you offend Robert in some way, you can actually write letters to the museum on your behalf. Like, because apparently if you disrespect Robert, weird things, bad things start happening, like car accidents, all this, like, post, tragedy. Post-visit misfortunes. Yes. Yeah. But apparently some people are saved by these letters, and what's really kind of cool is the museum usually puts them on display. So, like, if you go, you can see what other people have apologized for. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. No, they, uh, this, this doll's actually, uh, uh, there's a horror film franchise loosely based on the legend that began with the film Robert, released in 2015. To date, there are four sequels. And yeah, um, now I kind of want to watch the series, too. <laughs> I think we talked about even, like, um, I think Chucky was loosely based on him. I, I believe so. Um, yeah. But didn't you say you had more creepy dolls? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, in one, and it actually, uh, I have one other one. Um, and she actually, uh, kind of is, um, oh, let's get to it. Annabelle. Who, yes, folks, we are talking about the, uh, the movie Annabelle, the doll that it's based on, is actually allegedly a haunted Raggedy Ann doll. Um, it, it, it was housed, which is now closed, in the Oculate Museum of the Paranormal Investigators, Ed Lorraine Warren. Um, Annabelle was moved there after supposed hauntings in 1970. Um... And the character based on the doll is one of the antagonists that appear in the Conjuring universe. <clears throat> but who are Scared. the Warrens? Heather? Well, Ed is a demonologist. Well, was. They are both passed on. Um, very highly respected, at least by me, in my opinion. Um... Ed was a occult specialist and a demonologist, and Lorraine was a, would you call her a psychic, or? Um, I think a lot of people considered her to be more of a uh, psychic medium. Like, I, I feel like she was, like, a physical medium, because I remember right. she would touch things, and... Right, well, a medium can generate from... Uh, not only, like, speaking to, but also, like, physical touch. Um, it just depends on what abilities and stuff they have. Right. So, um, they actually were really big known, um, paranormal investigators. And Edward was actually self-taught. And everything that he did, like, he didn't learn it from anybody else. It was all stuff that he picked up on his own and studied in. And Lorraine was, okay, I didn't find it. She was clairvoyant and what they call a light trace medium. Yeah. And they worked very closely together. And 
saved a lot of people, I think. Like, definitely, like, you've heard about a lot of things that they've done. Like, 1968, um, the story of Annabelle, which you're going to obviously get into, so I won't talk about that. Um, 1971, the Perrins, which were the Conjuring. Mm -hmm. um, Amityville. Um, Enfield Poltergeist. Um, the Devil Made Me Do It movie we talked about last week. Yep. Um, there's many, many more, and this is not going to be the only episode that we're going to do on them because there's so much information to touch on with them. Oh, yeah. Like I said, um, I love reading about them and all their stories and stuff like that, so I'm pretty sure you're going to hear a lot from us about it because I would love to cover everything of theirs eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, that would uh, definitely be awesome. <laughs> and um they actually had a museum that they did and they would have like virtual visits and stuff um it's now closed it was actually in Lorraine's house in Monroe Connecticut and her son-in-law Tony Spira actually helped her with it and now it's owned by Judy Warren, which was their daughter, and her husband, Tony. But it's not open to the public anymore. I think the most you can do is, like, I don't know if they still actually do the virtual visits or not. Yeah, I'm not sure. But like I said, many episodes probably worth of content we could do with them and I mean I'll give them their own proper episode probably about them and their work more than just their stories but just kind of to skim the surface a little bit to let you guys know kind of who they were yeah definitely um there's a lot that these people did and a lot of characters that were based off some of their findings and stuff in a lot of pop culture. So, oh, of course, when we start recording, I actually got a tickle in my throat. <coughs> oh, it's fine. It's a, it's a game <clears throat> I play while editing. How many times does Corey clear his throat or say, um? Oh, fun. What's been the record <laughs> so far? I think one episode you had like 32 of oh. the throat clearing. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I think that, that, yeah, that was one of the nights where um, I ate too much right before we uh, started filming or recording. And uh, yeah, it was bad. Because I think it was also yeah. really spicy food, too. <laughs> That's bad juju for Corey. Yeah, well, you know, thank God for editing software. <laughs> Otherwise, you guys would hear. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, you guys should know what I go through every every time we do this, so I'll just leave this alone. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so back to Annabelle. Um, so, uh, according to the Warrens, a student nurse was given the doll in 1971. They said that the doll behaved strangely and that a psychic medium told the student that the doll was inhabited by a spirit of a deceased girl named Annabelle. 
The student and her roommate tried to accept and nurture the spirit-possessed doll, but the doll reportedly exhibited malicious and frightening behavior. It was at this point that the Warrens say they were first contacted, moving the doll to their museum after pronouncing it demonically possessed. The doll remained in a glass box at the Warrens' Oculate Museum in Monroe, Connecticut, until the museum closings. Um, there are a lot of different skeptics, um, one of which was a religious studies professor from Texas State University, Joseph Laycock. I'm not joking. That is legitimately his name. Oh, sorry, Laycock. Um, mm, makes it even better. Um, <laughs> uh, he says that most skeptics have dismissed the Warrens Museum as full of house, full of off-the-shelf Halloween junk, dolls and toys, books you could buy at any bookstore. Uh, Laycott calls the Annabelle legend an interesting case study in the relationship between pop culture and paranormal folk. And he speculates that the demonic doll trope, popularized by films such as Child's Play, Dolly Dearest, and The Conjuring, likely emerged from early legends surrounding Robert the Doll, as we talked about before. Um, and there was also a Twilight Zone episode released five years prior to the Warren story entitled Living Doll, in which the character of the mother is named Annabelle. Laycock suggests the idea of a demonically possessed doll allows modern de demonologists to find supernatural evil in the most banal and domestic of places. Uh, commenting on the publicity of the Warren's Oculate Museum coincides with the film release, release of The Conjuring. Uh, science writer Sharon A. Hill said that many of the myths and legends surrounding the Warrens have seemingly been of their own doing, and that many people have difficulty separating the Warrens from Hollywood portrayals. I think a lot of people um, thought that the Warrens were a little more eccentric than what they really were, um, but seeing some of their stuff i would highly disagree with that they didn't <clears throat> believe in them because of what they do and right. you find that a lot with people that you know you want to shun what you don't know absolutely we'll just want to turn that off and want to pretend it doesn't exist and make excuses for why it doesn't or you know why things are happening and try to debunk everything even when it possibly can't be it's easier to call somebody a liar than believe in things you never have before. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the Warren story of the doll serves as inspiration for the Annabelle doll character depicted in the Conjuring universe, a film series that includes the following, Annabelle, Annabelle creation, Annabelle comes home, uh, the producers did not use the like of Raggedy Ann, partially due to potential trademark issues and partially to make the doll's appearance more unsettling for the horror, horror movies. 
I uh, think they didn't want to get sued because if they I, made it the actual Raggedy Ann doll, you know how many people would not buy that? Oh, absolutely. Like, that would have caused a whole, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> market collapse for Raggedy Ann and Andy. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. So, but yeah, uh, in the movies, for those who haven't seen Annabelle... Um, but know what the uh, Raggedy Ann doll looks like. Um, in the movies, they depicted or they described uh, Annabelle as a terrifying porcelain doll, and that's to say the least. She is, yeah, um, it's disfigured and immediately menacing. Um, the character makes appearances in James Wan's Conjuring. Um, additionally makes brief appearances in the sequel, The Conjuring 2. Um, Michael Chavez, The Curse of La La, La, La Rona, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, as we talked about before. Um, fun facts that I didn't even know, and I'll have to go back and check these out, but, um, the doll also makes appearances in D.D. See extended universe films Aquaman and Shazam. Um, the doll also appears in the trailer for the upcoming Shazam Fury of the Gods uh, uh, trailer, which is being directed um, oh, the yeah, the two were uh with the so Aquaman and Shazam were actually directed by Juan, who directed The Conjuring. Um and David F. Sandberg uh directed Annabelle Creation and he also directs Shazam and Shazam 2. So yeah, they use uh Annabelle in DC movies actually. That doesn't make that even more terrifying. But you yeah. remember the whole, like, hoax, um, I think it was, like, August 2020, that Annabelle escaped the museum. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, some guy called himself Zach and was saying stuff about, um, he captioned a picture of Annabelle and said, this is Annabelle, she's cursed, she escaped her cage, so everyone who sees this picture of her needs to convey a simple apology to her when you see the picture. If you ignore, there may be something bad that will happen, or bad luck to you for years. So, a lot of people actually believed in that, and freaked out, but this is where I think it ties in kind of like with the Robert the doll and stuff, because the whole, apologize. Right. Sorry, I just saw that and I thought it was funny. Like, we're going to lie about, you know, possessed things escaping. Yeah, no. Either way, that, that that's definitely a, a terrifying, terrifying thing. Yeah, if she did escape. Nope, nope, nope. I'm setting every Raggedy Ann doll I see after that <laughs> uh, ablaze. Set them on fire and burn the bury the ashes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I had someone once tell me that if they found a uh, possessed item, they would burn it and then feed the ashes to pigs. 
I'm like, why? Why, why would you feed it to pigs afterwards? <laughs> well, because they eat everything. I'm like, yeah. And then that, then they it become was ashes. Then they become cursed. Then there would be possessed pigs. Right? That would be terrible. Sometimes I think they're possessed anyway. Like, because did you know people that um, own pigs, like, you know, it's this joke. Pigs will get rid of everything but the teeth, yada, yada. Okay, I do not condone crime and do not use this as a reason to try it. (laughs) But anyway, they talk about that all the time and how pigs will get rid of pretty much any evidence. Right. Did you know that, like, say a farmer or whatever, if they slip in a pig pen and become unconscious, there is a good chance that the pigs will eat him alive. Yes. Especially if there's several. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's horrifying and terrifying. <laughs> pigs are real-life horror. Now I don't feel so bad about eating bacon. Right? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, like, there's some things in this world that you just kind of look at and go, what in the holy... Well, I mean, if you think about it, though, it it makes sense. Um, so, uh, in the Bible, it talks about how um, God ba- uh, took and removed these demons from these, uh, you know, people, um, and put them into pigs and the pigs ran off the cliff and killed themselves um so i mean (laughs) it's not a long stretch to say that uh you know (laughs) they didn't you know pass that on right pigs are freaky (laughs) but god are they good they are delicious especially when they're extra crispy we're gonna lose vegan (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness off the wall topic you mentioned vegans I actually ate at a vegan restaurant um, over the weekend and had um, chili fries oh yeah were they tofu Uh, I have no idea but um it actually wasn't too bad. I was actually shocked. How was the texture? Literally, I, I was able to eat it. So, and well, um, that's all I can eat off of is texture. So, <laughs> um, yeah. For those of you who are just new to us, I've had two different ear surgeries. One of the ear surgeries, they had to shave part of the nerve that taste my taste comes from. Uh, yeah, I don't have taste. I eat off texture. It sucks. I can't eat popcorn anymore. I cry myself to sleep every night because of it. So maybe don't trust him when he says it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because cause I, I, you know, I actually chewed the nose off a Hulk Hogan, you know, action figure once. It was really weird. I had a rough childhood, but it's getting weird. We should move on. And that's all a joke, and it's actually a quote and a reference to um, a John Cena quote that he does. So, yeah, sorry. I'm off in my own little world today. <laughs> yeah. 
So any more on Annabelle or? No, no. Um, that, that's all I got for the little snig bit on her. Um, probably touch more on that when we do more on the Warrens. Um, but you have something in reference to the Warrens, don't you? I do. And we kept talking about it. So I actually found this by accident. So I was looking up um, different haunted objects and I came across the devil's rocking chair. And then it took me a minute, but I'm like, this is a Warren's case. So um, it actually is what we keep referencing. The devil made me do it. And it took me like you know, halfway through an article, and I'm like, why do these names sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, duh. <laughs> anyway, um, it was actually purchased rather recently in 2019 by, yet again, Zach Baggins. Oh. Um, I... I know. You despise this man. I... I don't know if I'd necessarily say despise, but oh my god, I feel like he's going to die a gruesome death. And no, this isn't a threat, but I feel like, I I don't know, I watched an episode of his uh, museum that he has, and it was actually this woman's old childhood home, and he brought her in to show her all the different rooms, and he had, like, this room of puppets that were supposedly haunted, and... Flashbacks to freaking goosebumps. Well, yeah, like... Right of living dummies. Like you said earlier, why put them all together? (laughs) That's just asking for trouble. I'm sorry. They're gonna, like, plot. (laughs) And then he has things like, you know, Kevorkian's van, which honestly I think is kind of cool. Um, but he has the Dybbuk box, and apparently now he has the Devil's Rocking Chair. And as far as I know, like, maybe I'm wrong because I honestly haven't looked into, like, his methods of how he keeps his museum. But I know with Ed and Lorraine, when they actually had the museum and their family kept, well, when they were keeping it all in their basement or whatever, they had priests and stuff come bless the little cages or, you know, glassed off areas that they had these things. I don't know if he necessarily does. I'm going to go out on the limb and say probably not. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, that just <laughs> trouble. That's all I will say, I guess, for now on him, because, <laughs> like I said, I, j- I just fear for the man, I guess. <laughs> I mean, and also, you know, you can't go from every episode being like, come at me, bro, ah! to all of a sudden I'm going to own every haunted thing, and I don't know. <laughs> if he goes out and buys, buys uh, Thomas Bubsy's chair we might have some issues. He probably will. He'll find a way to get a hold of it. But, anywho, I digress again. (laughs) (laughs) So, the devil's rocking chair. The origin of the chair is actually not known, but it had been passed around the Glatzel family 
in the 1950s. Nothing was really weird until July of 1980, and then tragedy kind of struck the family. Um, In July of 1980, 11-year-old David Glatzel became possessed by a demon. He would wake up every night screaming, and he claimed that he was visited by a man with a thin face that had, like, animal characteristics. Um, Big black eyes, jagged teeth, pointy ears, horns, and, of course, hoofs. Because why not? Nothing screams devil more than fucking hoofs and horns. Just saying. Um, But after the experience of seeing this man or a creature, David became withdrawn and basically depressed and quiet. So his sister Debbie and her fiance Arnie Johnson decided Arnie Johnson decided to come and stay with her family to attempt to try to get, you know, David out of the depression, thinking that maybe family was all he needed, maybe he needed to come out of his shell a little bit, trying to figure out what was going on with him. But it did not work. He kept having nightmares of the man. And the man, I guess, claimed to David that he would take his soul. And David began getting injuries as he slept. He would wake up with bruises and scratches and other strange marks on his body. And he claimed that he was seeing the beast man even when he was awake after a while. And it always seemed to be tied to his family's rocking chair. Um, apparently this beast claimed it as his very own. David always saw him there. And the family attempted to try to aid David by getting him, um, blessed, bringing in preachers, priests, and anything they could think of religion-wise to try to help the situation. And it didn't let up. There were noises that they started hearing from the attic, and it was just getting louder and increasing in activity, and David started acting weird. He saw the beast more and more and started doing things like he would hiss at his family members, and when he'd talk, it would sound like he had multiple voices sometimes, which makes me honestly think of Legion. Yup. Someone had to watch him. At all times, like mostly when he slept, because he would wake up every 30 minutes and he would actually have seizures as he slept. And finally, the Glassels brought in Ed and Lorraine Warren. And they started doing regular visits to the house and they brought their own priests and conducted exorcisms. And David typically sat in the chair, which Lorraine ended up seeing the beast in as well. So both David and Lorraine saw the beast sitting there. And the chair would also do weird things on its own without David or anybody near the, near it. It would start rocking. It would move place to place within the house. And it was actually seen levitating a few times. One time when, you know, David was getting exercised in it. So that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's one of those items that you go, haha, <laughs> burn. Right. Like, do not keep. Why? <laughs> uh, but it's an ancient family heirloom, we have to keep it. 
<laughs> nope, it would be burned and I would feed the ashes to the pigs, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but on the final exorcism, the demon apparently left David because he seemed to start improving. Things were getting better. But now Arnie Johnson started growling at people and hissing at them, and eventually he killed his landlord, Alan Bono. He stabbed him repeatedly with a five-inch pocket knife in front of his wife, Debbie, or fiance Debbie. Bono died two hours after the attack, and police found Arnie about two miles from the scene of the crime. And about eight months after the incident, Arnie appeared in court and tried to plead not guilty due to demonic possession. And this was the first time that the um, in American history that this excuse was ever used or attempted to use. And it failed, of course, because why wouldn't it? <laughs> he was found guilty of first-degree murder and got 15 to 20 years for a sentence. But he only ended up serving, I think, five. And then when he got out, he and Debbie got married. Which really makes me question her. Yeah, yeah. You know, he just went to prison for ma murdering someone. He went to prison for marrying someone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but maybe Looney Ben, but I don't know about prison. But it also doesn't say that, that he got rid of the demon. I have questions. Maybe the demon wasn't inside him. Maybe I it was don't know, but... Maybe. And... Maybe she it was inside what? Maybe it was inside Debbie. His, the woman he married. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it says he killed her killed him in front of her so maybe it was her being possessed forcing him to murder the guy and then when he finally got out she came to him like hey we're together forever now you're mine or her soul burns forever and now oh, wow. he's married, and the possession just passes down. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, there's there's questions, and probably honestly, I could have found the answers to these questions, but I I wasn't looking that deep. <laughs> yeah, no. The, you know, and, and it's it. You know. Back to like the basis of it, you know, of this episode, you know, objects can be the object of possessions, um, demonic possession, spiritual trans uh, transactions, spiritual possessions. Um, yeah, Corey's off his rocker today. Holy crap. Um, transactions might actually be right. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're, uh, they're taking a soul in exchange for I don't know what. Right. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, like um, for those who've seen uh, the Exorcist movie, um, the thing that is that causes the you know demonic possession of 
this little girl in this movie is an actual artifact that is found in, um, you know, found by a priest, and he's like, oh, it's just something normal, and or a friend of the family, and come to find out, it's you know, it was this demonic heirloom that was passed down that he just thought was a cute trinket. Um, and it's actually based on a real, actual event. Um, the whole movie is, but th that item is actually loosely based on an actual item that was given to this little girl from a family friend that was a family heirloom of his. Um, and yeah, come to find out it was a, a possessed artifact. Um, and he had no idea about it. I mean, there's so many different things that, um, as we talked about before, different uh, things can um, have animated energy from a major, like, horrifying event. Uh, a house can um, essentially be imprinted with a mass murder in it because that energy gets instilled into the the presence of the the the, the walls, the, the 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 home itself. Um, uh, I had mentioned the Thomas Bubsy chair. Um, it's a cursed chair. They call it the cursed chair of death because, you know, over 200 years after the chair is built, there's all of a sudden people sitting in it, all of a sudden they start dying in weird, unexpected um, ways. And, I mean, one of them calls from a man in his early 30s dying of a mass heart attack. Um, I mean, it's just so many different, uh, different things can take and happen in a circumstance that instills a supernatural or even demonic presence in an object. Um, and it makes it to where bad shit can happen from it. Um, I just think we need to be careful where you sit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, according to the article I found about this chair, about this uh, Bubsy's chair, um, I mean, people sit in it. I mean, uh, where was it? Uh, 1968, two airmen sat in the chair uh, for only a second, um, but it was enough to seal their face. On their way back to the airfield, they crashed into a tree and died on their way to the hospital. Um cleaning lady that sat in it was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Cyclists and motorcyclists crashing and dying after sitting in the chair. Exhausted hitchhiker, a man in his 30s dying of a mass heart attack. A uh, group of builders, uh, one took the dare to sit on the chair, later falling through the roof of a building and dying soon after. Um, some accounts attribute up to 60 kills to the chair. After uh, this, um, after you know, that circumstance, the owner of the pub where it was found locked it in the cellar, hoping to put an end to the curse. Um, a delivery man in 1978 saw the chair in the cellar and decided to take the seat, take a seat, saying the chair was too comfy to be locked up. Shortly after leaving the pub, he crashed and died. Um, mm. He, the owner of the pub, considered the last straw, donated it to the Thirst Museum on the condition that it was hung on the wall, never taken down. Well, um, shortly after that, uh, the chair did come down. 
um, at least one time, uh, but to be examined by a furniture uh, historian. Um, the historian they took it to said that it was made from a lathe. Uh, uh, the spindles were made from a machine, not by a hand lathe, which uh, most custom most were done in the 17th century. He dated the chair to be only from the 1840s, as opposed to you know the early 1700s when the year 1702 when uh, um, the chair was supposedly made. Um, so yeah, they're not even sure if you know the chair that was given to this museum was actually the right chair. So, um, yeah, but uh, they they put so it back that on the wall. Floating around somewhere. Yeah, I mean, so it, it just small little things like this that make it go well. Crap. Now I need. Now I need to know where it is. Like, how many unsuspecting people are just going to sit in this thing, and how many right. deaths has that contributed to? Like. Yeah, no. So, um, <laughs> a little bit of background. Thomas Bubsy, not an upstanding gentleman. Uh, he was known as a drunk and a man with a very short temper. While preparing for his latest crime with his father-in-law, an argument ensued. Both men separated to cool off, only to find each other again at the local pub later that evening. Uh, the father-in-law chose to sit in his son-in-law's favorite chair, um, but essentially Bubsy didn't like that, and I guess Bubsy killed his uh, father-in-law and by grabbing a hammer and bludgeoning him to death in his own home. Mm. Um, he attempted to hide the body, but it didn't work. Um, for his punishment, he was hung um, and displayed in the gallows to deter others from the heinous act. Prior to his hanging, Bubsy was heard shouting, cursing, and promising all those who would dare sit in his chair a uh, violent death. Hmm. Awesome. Just, just the vengeful spirit of a drunkard is simple enough to cause a curse on an item. I mean, so just think of all the things that have been cursed or, you know, possessed in this world. And it's like, that's a terrifying idea. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um. So, you know, all those people were like, oh, you know, Annabelle the doll is fake. You know, Robert the doll is fake. Who knows what these people who were the original owners like actually did and said in front of these inanimate objects that have now made them supernatural um what's the word I'm looking for? Magnets. Yeah. Like like I said, just be careful where you sit because Apparently, bad things can happen if you sit in the wrong chair. Because um, apparently, you know, um, the devil's rocking chair, mm -hmm. um, after it was put into storage and stuff, 
people that would mess with it later or sit on it. Um, about 10 years later, they were no longer able to stand upright. Oh. So it caused severe back problems like sciatica and stuff like that and just really kind of messed up anybody that came in contact with this chair. Wow. So, you know how I said it was um, Zach Baggins bought it and it was on display in his museum. It actually was was on display in his museum. It is said that it has all the original stains on the cushions from the holy water and the blessed oil. And as soon as it came into the museum, it started causing weird things to happen, like doors would lock. Um, they would open and shut on their own. Lights turn off and on, you know, and cause tensions with staff that were anywhere near it. Right. And the person that actually shipped the chair from the Glassell house developed like terrible nightmares and stuff just from being around it. That's not terrifying. It tells you there is something there, you know. Um, but the exhibit actually had to be shut down at the Haunted Museum because several different people were affected. Like six people all had the same, like, uncontrollable crying like whenever they were around it and somebody actually collapsed on the stairs above the chair so like it was really affecting people it triggered like really weird emotional reactions and you know zach said that um he and a friend were in his las vegas home And they felt an evil presence move towards them. And they were sitting in the living room and his dog started growling. And he started getting affected. He was speaking weird things about God and Satan and keeping his head down. And then his friends started crying and ran away. So they don't know if they're going to reopen that exhibit because it did cause problems with not only you know staff but also the people that would come through the museum right so So and this all happened in 2019 so you know he bought it in 2019 and the exhibit shut down in 2019 so i mean timeline wise yeah it wasn't very long there um so I just sent you a picture. I, I decided to Google uh, Zach Baggins, the Haunted Museum. Um, and I found a picture of the puppet room. <laughs> I sent you a picture of it. Uh, let me know what you think. Because uh, Nope. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. That's my exact reaction. Nope. 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 <laughs> that is a whole lot of nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, the 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 first second picture on the image list that I found is him sitting next to Robert the doll. He is literally three inches from Robert the doll. I think in an episode of Robert the doll, like when he actually met the lady that had him. Mm-hmm wanted to hold him in his lap and stuff. I think he did. 
That's like I would not touch it. Yeah, no, no. Um no. I'm all about, you know, dealing with supernatural and all that, but I mean here is a picture of him literally standing next to Annabelle. Yeah. Nope. That's, uh, that's, uh, no. No. That's no, why no. I said I'm not sure how careful he actually is with stuff. It doesn't seem like he really is. Yeah. It it doesn't seem like it. <clears throat> oh, I guess in one of his episodes he actually took Annabelle out of the um box, sat her in a chair and was talking no. to her. No. No, he didn't. Did he? Uh, you, yeah, I'm looking at the picture from the Why? Why would he do that? Oh my god, that's kind of creepy as hell. I don't like it. <laughs> um, so you know the camera that actually can like structure like human anatomy that mm -hmm. he uses? Um, it actually structured the human anatomy on Annabelle. Uh uh. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. I need to not watch this episode. I kind of want to find that episode, too, honestly. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So definitely going to have to check out this. Uh, this. Yeah. Ghost Adventures. Uh, now I want to. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We got completely off track here with being on track. <laughs> this guy is. I, I don't know how to feel about him. There is a reason we call this the shit show. Right? Ooh. So, you know, not only do you got to be careful where you sit, but you also have to be careful of where you sleep. So, there is this ginormous bed. That's called the Great Bed of Ware. And it was initially, I guess, made for King Edward V in the 15th century. And it was beautifully carved, like, and it was passed around the inns of Ware in England. And commoners abused it, covered in graffiti, damaged it, and left the frame looking all battered and stuff. So this apparently caused a haunting. So, the legend goes that the bed was made by carpenter Jonas Fosbrook, and when he died, he still took pride in his work, and his ghost actually got angry at anybody that would damage the bed or disrespect his work. So, his ghost is known to have attacked any commoner that tried to sleep in it. Like, he believed that the only person that could sleep in the bed must be of high stature, like royalty. Huh. And this bed, when I say it is a large bed, I mean it is a large 
bed. It was originally housed in White Hart Inn in Ware, England, and it measured 3.8 meters long by 3.26 meters wide, which is roughly 10 by 11 foot. And That's a big it was, it, it is like, I want one of those for myself. Like, I wouldn't share with anybody. I would just sprawl out in that. Like, um, but it was said to accommodate about like four couples at least. But the couples that used it actually abused it and carved their names into the posts. And the bed was carved with all the patterns from European Renaissance art, and it was beautiful, and these people ruined it. And they basically got poked and prodded and pinched when they were trying to sleep. So oh. they made the dude mad. <laughs> and the bed moved around a lot. By the 19th century, it moved from the White Hart Inn to Saracen's Saracen's Sarah Sen's head. In 1870, um, William Henry Teal was the owner of the Rye House. He acquired the bed and put it to use in a pleasure garden, which is not dirty, apparently. It is a concert hall that has bandstands and amusement rides and zoos and menageries which that word's also not dirty. It's not menage a trois. It's basically just a zoo. Oh. I, I had to look this up because I'm like, God, this bed is dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but when the interest in the pleasure garden actually decreased, the bed was sold in the 1920s. And it was sold in... 1931 finally to Victoria and Albert Museum and they initially had turned it down in 1865 because it was what they called a coarse and mutilated relic. So I couldn't actually find overly that much about the ghost except that he didn't like lower stature people he didn't like the abuse going on to the bed, so he would bother them then. And also, he didn't like when individuals had sex in the bed. So he would also, again, pinch the couples until they stopped. Oh. Well, hey, that's just doing more for them. You know, because there's some, <clears throat> some people who enjoy pinching, you know. Right, they'd call it a threesome. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. <laughs> People are gonna be like, "What the heck am I listening to?" Menage a trois. Do you have anything else? Um. So, for those who are interested, uh, Ghost Adventures season fifteen, episode eight, is actually the episode where um, Mr. Baggins uh, talks to Annabelle. I'm not going to lie, I really want to make, really was trying to find something to make a, you know, a, a Mr. Baggins' joke, Lord of the Rings joke, but uh, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't at all. 
Well, guys, um, we have learned, you know, valuable things like, you know, where to sit, where not to sit, where to sleep, where not to sleep. Basically, mind your own business and don't destruct public property. And we hope you guys come back again and stay safe. I know where we are at, we are going to have terrible conditions up until Christmas. And I'm actually kind of scared. <laughs> be safe. Uh, if you guys have to travel this weekend, um, be safe. Take it slow. Uh, know what your weather conditions are going to be. Um, if you're in an area of the Midwest like uh, we are and you got to travel, pack some food, rations, stuff like that. A um, couple warm blankets because if you get caught in a snowstorm and you go off in the ditch, it's really, really, really difficult for people to find people in blizzard conditions. So having that extra blanket, having that food might save your life. Um, so basically don't travel unless you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unless you're like me and have to, you know, drive for work, try to stay out of the, uh, out of the blizzard that's supposed to be. I don't here. think you're getting out for work. Probably <laughs> not Friday. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're going to be home. <laughs> Either way, guys, um, for those who celebrate Merry Christmas, for everyone else, have a great weekend. Be safe. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Um, thank you all for your continued support. Um, we appreciate it a lot. I know last time we sang you guys' praises, we'll do it probably for a while. We do appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. Again, if you got any ideas or want to tell your story, uh, shoot us a message at monstersmayvary at gmail.com, correct? Yes. Hey. Or join our Facebook group. Or Facebook group. And you can post whatever, you know, you want within reason on there. And we will try to respond and make that more active as well. But anyway, stay safe and good night.